Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 92 today. Happy Friday, by the way. I hope you guys are enjoying your day. It is nice and sunny where I'm at in the ATL. Today's topic is the breakdown, just the recap of the movie Paid in Full. I wanted to do this last weekend, but with um, the Narcos Marathon we had, I had a time. We we was kicking them episodes out. I was all Narcos out last weekend. I had so much fun doing that, but that's one of my favorite shows. I did another recap of like the franchise last night, so that episode is uploaded. It's just talking about what I liked about the whole franchise between uh, Narcos Colombia and Narcos Mexico. Um, I'll drop my Big Sky recap shortly. That'll be out in a couple hours. I recap Queens. If you're in the telephone, if you're in the television show Queens, I dropped that last night as well. I'll be back on Sunday with a BMF. That's pretty much it for the church announcements. You can always follow me on my social media platforms, Alicia Shanice for Facebook, Alicia Shanice Reviews for Instagram. If you need to email me for anything, it's Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can shoot me an email. Um, That's pretty much it. This is going to be my first time breaking out a movie. Um, recapping it. I'll try not to have it on, uh, you know, go too long because, you know, a movie is lengthier than a television show. And then I kind of want to talk about the um, the origin story of where this came from, but it was based off a true story. If you ever listened to my first episode, um, which was re-uploaded, it's titled Introduction. Um, I go on to say on how I love true crime. I love true crime. And Paid in Full was actually the first movie that I one of them that I like really just got into when I found out it was a true story got to looking up everything and reading books I've told you guys before I have a lot of the the kingpins books or books that were based off of them in New York especially um I have the Queen's Reign Supreme um I got the last the uh the last illis Shakim Shakim Bayo whose story was based off of uh, the movie Belly. Um, I've got Dexter Isaac's book, who um, claimed he was the one of the shooters at the Quad Studio incidents or one of the robbers. I have a lot of the books. So like I said, I've done a lot of research on this story. This movie is like a cult classic. In the early 90s, we had, you know, Boys in the Hood, Minister Society. Um, those movies were the culture in the early 90s, but it was more the West Coast version. The East Coast, we had um, we had New Jack City, but that was based kind of off Detroit with the Chamber Brothers story. And it was, but it was set, staged in New York um, or Jersey uh we had juice that was in new york but you know mainly like john singleton the hughes brothers they had this demographic on lock like minister society and boys in the hood go hand to hand and those were the culture of the 90s it was always about the west coast but in 2002 when dame dash did um paid in full Oh, this is just a cult classic. 
you know, it made the saying, you know, niggas get killed every day, B. <laughs> and it made everyone fall in love with the, I mean, hate it or love it. I'm just being true. It made everybody fall in love with the the character Rico played by Cameron because he played hell of a part. But number one, he was from Harlem. So he he did that. And that made everybody obsessed with the Alpo story. And then when the Alpo interview came out, um, when he interviewed with Feds Magazine, that made it even more, you know, like he was um, a hood celebrity. Uh, A lot of stigma around his name. And that's the reason why I'm doing the recap, because um, he passed away on Halloween, the night of Halloween. Um. In Harlem, YouTube has been going crazy. Just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm not going to get off all into that. I know the whole story just from books and documentaries and watching so many interviews. And you guys know I always shout out my boy book, um, Jamil from Gully TV. He has um, stories in there about Alpo as well. Um, You can catch his book on Amazon. It's called Some Things I've Been Through, a memoir by Jamil from Gully CV. And he has a lot about Alpo in his book as well. So you guys should check that out. You can purchase it on Amazon. Some Things I've Been Through, a memoir by Jamil from Gully TV. He actually did a really dope interview with one of the dudes from D.C., uh, Big Ears to Christ. That interview was solid, authentic, and interesting, and dope. And that's actually one of the, um, that's actually how I kind of got introduced to his channel those years ago. Um, that wasn't the first time, but that's when I just started tuning in and became like a really big fan of, of Gully TV. Uh, it's on YouTube, but he has content for Apple as well. So, you know, with that being said, I, I've, listen to all the interviews the documentaries it all you know i'm not getting all up into all of the street politics and the all of that i just want to recap the movie talk about the origin story um in a sense but not go too far so sit back and let's talk paid in full and i hope you enjoy let's get into the show Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. I don't think y'all know how obsessed I was with this movie. I used to watch it over and over and over again. I had a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, he was a guy friend of mine. We uh, spent a lot of time together. And me and him will watch this over and over again and talk about the real story. When I say I dissected the story, just wanted to know more and more and more. And a lot of these stories, this happened a lot in the 80s. Like it was a lot of uh, Rich Porters and Alpo Martinez and AZs and every inner city um especially in the 80s 86 87 it was a lot of killing a lot of this going on um I even like when I say I bought the books I even um printed all like I got all off into it and then it was this one uh, girl I used to talk to all the time at work me and her were like interested in the same things like she loved it true crime too so me and her would always sit and 
as we had a lot of downtime at our old job, <laughs> we would just sit and just talk about a whole bunch of true crime. And me and her, we used to share books because we liked it the same things. So we would share a lot of the um, the books that we read and talk about the real stories of it. So when I say I was all into this, I was all into the backstory because I, I I love true crime and, you know, love to know. I love to read um, a lot of these books. Um Another good one that I read and it's kind of like hip hop, but it got a lot of street stuff in there as well is um, my infamous life, uh, the autobiography of Mob D's Prodigy. It has a lot of New York stories in there as well that held up a lot of drama (laughs) from that book. Um, But yeah, let's get into Peyton Fuller. 2002, shout out to Dame Dash. Uh, You know, he uh, put on on Instagram, I believe, or spoke out somewhere saying that, you know, it's like a the end of an era when Alpo was murdered. And he's thinking about coming out with a paid in full two to conclude the story. And if you listen to um the Feds magazine of uh, the interview Alpo did, that whole interview is like a story in a movie in itself. But you know, outside of the, the paid in full story. Like his memory and everything he did. And I want to be careful with my words because this is a true story. The 80s was a long time ago, but not that long ago when you lost family members. So um, I don't want to disrespect anyone. I'm a civilian. I'm not in the street shit. Just like I talk about narcos. You know, I just talk about the stories. So I try to be respectful. I try to come at it. Um, just talking about the story, not getting too all, all off into the street politics of it. Because I'm not in that world. And I wasn't around. But people were. People's families were affected. So I choose to be responsible. That's why sometimes when I talk about stuff, I kind of beat around the bush. Even though I might know what happened because I read a lot. But I I try to be responsible and respectful on my platform. I don't want to offend anyone or be problematic in any way that has nothing to do with me. Um. So in the movie, it opens up and it's 1986 in Harlem and we on the stage. You got, you got, uh, them all chilling out, you know, on the stage. Then they go back to the apartment and they eat Chinese food. You know how dudes get together and, you know and talk some shit, eat some food after, after the club. They, uh, they got money. So they betting. $5,000 paper bag, tra- paper bag, trash games and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's big money shit. Something I don't know about just where I could just throw something in the trash and be like, I bet 5000 you can't beat that. You know, just on some fly shit. You know, young, got money. Uh, <clears throat> but it, it shoots, well, it shows AZ leaving and going into a home. And we see him all shot up. So you don't really know what happened, but it goes back to one year earlier. We go to the cleaners. We see Mr. Pibbs, <laughs> and you know Ace is in the cleaners, looking like he had a daze. And in walks his sister with her boyfriend Calvin. We can already tell what type of dude Calvin is. Uh, we can see, you know. Ace, they ain't really feeling him. He like to talk a lot of shit. Mr. Pib don't like him. You know, uh, Calvin telling him, you need to get this cleaning shit up and come. She like, no, he's fine. 
what I tell you about running your mouth? Mr. Pip's like, chill, son. You know what I'm saying? Like, just throwing too damn much. And Mr. Pibbs warns uh, Ace, Ace in the movie, <laughs> warns Ace, like, uh, you watch where he going to end up at. So we see, um, we go to Mitch's house, and we see early in the movie uh, their friendship. He's that friend that's, uh, we could tell Mitch is in the game early on, but Ace is not in the game. He liked that square lifestyle, you know, just living like that square life at this point. Working at the cleaners, kicking it with his sister. Um, we see uh, early on in the movie uh, the bond between Mitch and his younger brother. Now that you had a younger brother who got the cool older brother, you look up to him. The father's not around. You look at him like a big brother and a father figure in the same way, and like a hero. You know, you them shoes, them, them kicks, them be the most important thing. You know, at that age era, and we just see that whole relationship you know you got the sister the brother the baby brother and then you know you got the best friend sort of you know what i'm and then he he go with your sister but he's a good dude so we get that whole thing and they introduce us to that earlier early in the game of the movie and we see mitch is a hustler now they they did good with the casting they did good with the casting, matching it up with the people who this was based off of. Makai Pfeiffer was everything in the 90s, and he played the shit out of this role of Mitch. And we got Ace played by Wood Harris, who Wood Harris is an icon in my opinion. I give him, I like to give my people credit, and, you know, they might not be out here winning Oscars at the Oscar awards, but, you know... They deserve him just as well. Like Will Harris, he is an excellent actor, him and his brother as well. And around this time, we were used to seeing him play like the drug dealer role. We've seen how he played <laughs> up in a butter realm and, you know, how he was in The Wire. And I think this is around the same time The Wire was coming out as well. And one thing that made this movie even more special is you had a lot of Harlem embedded into the story it's, it takes place in harlem it's the origin story of a crew from harlem and then you got dame dash who's over it who is a, a harlem native you got cameron who played this role so fucking well everybody thought he was the real alpo <laughs> you know he played this role and this movie made people obsessed with alpo guys girls whatever like they called him whatever they wanted in the, in the in the in the book but they wanted that story for alpo um before we go e even further what kind of like bothers me i say that towards the end um so let's stay on the movie first then we'll talk about the, the real life story so we see all that we see mitch out making moves making sales um like it's, it shows he, he not really fucking with cocaine early he messing like probably with heron they always said when you hustle in heron that's like an early morning hustle so we just see him out there getting it early just just moving the things but we also see him um ace he out there making moves too but just with clothes because he worked for the cleaners and while he's doing deliveries he runs into a guy named lulu and uh lulu was a dominican guy and he you know he like hey you work for the cleaners right can you take these pants for me so you know ace walks in his house and he's like damn living huh <laughs> and lulu is 
kind of a character. So he gives him he gives him the uh the clothes and he like your friend. He's the dealer, right? He's the dealer. So, you know, we get that dynamic of how he get introduced to Lulu. And we see early on Mitch got all the fly shit on. <laughs> fly down from the jacket to the shoes and that's the harlem thing harlem is fashion they dress flashy that's a harlem thing but ace boogie he's totally opposite he out there playing basketball getting sweaty playing with little sunny so it's a totally opposite we see uh mitch kind of like be dissing him a little bit but in a playful way you know that brotherly way um <clears throat> so we also see when he gets home from a long day of work, we see early, he don't care for Calvin. We see Calvin, he in the building, he in there making sales, uh, bragging about how he make 800 a day, making enough money to get you, your thing sucked off. <laughs> so, you know, Ace like, come on, man, come on, man. <laughs> so they go up to the dinner table and they have like a real one of those old school moms, uh, we see this fool, he's sitting down, he counting money. I'm gonna let the damn table just the mama look. She she look at him like she crazy. And the daughter just sitting there and he like, oh yo, we going out to eat. Here's the money for the groceries. She's like, she'll be right there, Calvin. And he kind of ease out, uh, showing the money at uh Ace, and they kind of look at the daughter like uh, you stupid whatever <laughs> you know so it, it was just real realistic because that's how shit be like this movie was just straight realistic and we uh go to the next scene and we see in the cleaners um this is a funny scene to me because due to his 1986 and rap was still early in the game and you got mr kid mr pibbs he coming in there yelling like turn that loud loud noise down um all they doing is yelling <laughs> and that's how like the old school you know they looked at everything because they was coming off of like disco and rick james and all that shit they weren't trying to hear that rap stuff so you know i liked that scene uh and we also see mitch he roll up in the new bins i think that was yeah i think that was a bins he rolled up in um and they rolling through town. Ace Base Boogie run out there like, oh, no, he didn't. They get in the car. They rolling through town. They on that Harlem shit. <laughs> on that Harlem shit. We see Dame Dash. He pull up. They stunting on each other. You know, on some Harlem shit. Y'all gonna act like, you ain't gonna act like we the only one. Y'all ain't the only ones getting money. You know, just like on that Harlem shit. <laughs> and um, just, you know, jonesing on each other, talking shit to each other. So we also see, we go into the store and we see uh, Mitch's Uncle Ice, money making Mitch. And this guy always plays like a, a creep in each thing he plays. <laughs> uh, just He has like those characters like in this movie. Oh, my God. And uh, I used to be a big fan i watched every episode of new york undercover he played a real big creep in new york undercover when he was on one of those episodes so this guy he always got them roles and then we see um they emphasize on the dude tommy who owned the store and you know mitch kind of throw him some money so i don't know if they was trying to 
you know, lead to something else. But we seen that he wasn't really supposed to be about no games. And uh, we see Mitch not paying his uncle no attention when he's steady talking to him. And then he kind of look at the little boy like the kids of the future. You know, look at young Sonny and his crew. So we see how the guy Tommy looks at little Sonny when he's out there playing a game with his friends. You know, he's just a little boy. So um, we also see when Ace returns, uh, he ends up going through the pants pocket and he finds um, some cocaine in there from Lulu's pants pocket. And he returns it. And Lulu is surprised. He's like, you always return what you find. So that kind of skips to the uh, next scene and we see Ace and Mitch. They go to the club and, you know, they're kind of like talking shit uh, in a car. He shows them the uh, cocaine and he's like, you always fuck me up. Eh? <laughs> so, you know, he like, you know, he don't really mess with coke. That's Calvin. You know, that's Calvin department at that moment. But they go into the club and we see early on in the movie that Mitch is like a hood superstar. But when he returns home, you know, he in the, in the club out in the world, he just gets so much love. Everybody loved him. But when we when he returned home, we see his uncle Ice is on the couch. And I like that they showed that because it makes a lot of sense. You know, he was laying next to his sister because the mom was a sister and we can just see um Mitch just like eyeballing him like he hate that's the hate the side of him and it showed you like all the money he was making he was still living with his mom they were still teenagers when all this stuff was going on uh they were teenagers still living at home with their parents we also see over at Ace's home his mother comes in the room calling him lucky and you know, he he like, don't call me lucky mama. He ain't really feeling having to get up and work at the cleaners every day. But he doing what he got to do. He living a straight, straight, narrow life at this point. And she like, okay, you know, she she can see uh, what's going on with them. We also see uh, <clears throat> Mr. Pibbs. He tells, he comes in the cleaners telling Ace about Calvin being locked up. So with that being said, you know, he into the coke the streets gotta keep moving so when ace come back at home you know calvin been making deals in his building you got somebody looking for him lulu let ace keep you know the coke so <laughs> you know it's from lulu it's pure cocaine uh ace ended up making his first sale and better products same price so you know, we see he's still holding and he about to see he about to, he about to move on up. So back at Lulu's apartments, we see Lulu front some a kilo, uh, you know, give him the street, tell him what the street price is and what he going to give it to him for um, telling him how like is, you know, the heroin is going out and the cocaine is the, the future. And he gives him an eighth of a key, actually, and tells him to come back in four days. And letting them know how everything gonna roll and what he gonna get off of it. Um, I think he told him the street price was like twenty five, but he was gonna give him something for eighteen, bring seven back. So you know he breaking everything down to him, and we see now basically Ace is put on. He he taking over because now he got that pure shit. It ain't stepped on. So we see um, Mitch runs into some problems with one of his spots getting hit. 
and <clears throat> you know it's time for get back for them and then we get to the next scene and we see the um they at the movies watching what i like to call the commercial the commercial of cocaine in the 80s the movie scarface <laughs> uh scarface had an effect on everybody and it was it, it was a big effect on the black community but it wasn't just our community it was everybody you know even when we um i've been watching like the cocaine cowboys i'm gonna recap that shortly but i'm only on episode three um i've been watching it late at night so i've been falling asleep but i'm gonna I'm watch that when i get some time um but the movie Scarface, it was like the commercial for cocaine for everybody in the 80s. So, you know, they going crazy. So, you know, somebody was something about watching a pure, a poor Cuban just come over there. And basically the world was his in Miami. Um, it also shows when they're at the movies, it kind of flashes between the movies and Mitch, you know, off getting payback. And he had to go spend some time away after that and result of that. Um, we also see, you know, now Ace is hustling, but he's still working at the cleaners for cover. Mr. Pib come, Mr. Pibs come in. He finds a shit in his place of business. Nah, that ain't finna work with Mr. Pib. <laughs> and he kind of confronts Ace as like a disappointment because, you know, he's been having this young guy work for him. He's been on the straightened path, but now he like, oh, all right, Mr. Pusher Man, you know, but Ace don't care. All he care about is where my cassette tapes at and I want my $75 <laughs> but you can just see the disappointment in Mr. Pip but we see after that when he quits the cleaners um he sets shop shop up at his aunt June's house and we see that he's cut his prices he's not overcharging like everybody else and uh his shit is cheaper and it's moving faster and it's a better product and he instantly goes to showing love and putting people on he ain't out there trying to be no gangster all he want to do is make money show love to harlem and put everybody on we see mitch he in a joint now and he ran into some issues over the phone a fight breaks out and we are introduced to rico who comes and you know has his back right away and cameron Cameron killed this role, man. Cameron made people. Cameron was so much in character in 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 this shit and and played this role. He made people fall in love with Rico, want to be Rico, and when they found out it was based off a true story for other people, of course, New York knows about New York's business. But I'm talking about the world. You know, the world didn't know about the trio of these three. But it made people just so intrigued with Alpo. It made that that character made everybody so intrigued to where they just wanted to hear what Alpo had to say. The real Alpo off of Rico. Um, so it goes and we see Ace is in a car and he talking to one of the runners and he telling him about the fight in the joint. And it happens to be Noriega. <laughs> so uh, it's Nori. He in there telling Ace about, you know, the Puerto Rican cat, you know, telling him about the fight that happened in the uh, in the pen. So uh, we also see Keisha and Ace, they still going strong and they at the food joint at their club. And, you know, we get that famous, uh, you're just boring, but I'm with you because I'm boring too. You know, <laughs> that old young shit, 
you know, that little young love they got going on. And we see they've been going on strong and still, even though he the man now, he's still low key with his one chick doing his thing. <clears throat> we also see um, why they chilling two janky dudes who happen to be the feds come up talking about some, heard you got that butter, baby. <laughs> Ace ain't trying to hear that. He like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so he gets rid of them. Uh, we see uh, Ace goes back to Lulu's to re-up. And Lulu in there dead. Lulu shot up. He dead. Ace take the rest of the keys. And business don't stop. He go to a place that Lulu took him before where another connect is at. You know, I think it searched down the guns, put on for a minute. And dude tell him, like, why are you bringing all this to me? It ain't my birthday. But they arrange to arrange some stuff. <laughs> you know, they come to an agreement. And the business don't stop. It keep moving. Uh, we also see, you know, Lulu has some jewels in there as well. So. <clears throat> when Rico ends up getting out of jail, we see he is doing the famous willies on them bikes. That was something big back then. And he introduces himself to Ace. Ace is a little laid back, cautious, but he's like, okay, okay. We see Mitch comes home and he gets set up nice where he belongs on the stage. Come home to a brand new car. Uh, Ace him, uh, Sonny, some money to get to him. You know, he give him a roll. He see his sister is pregnant. So we see Ace and Keisha, they got their baby on the way. So now Mitch is home. And throughout the movie, we see how much Mitch loves his little brother, Sonny. So um, we see by now in the movie, Ace has put Rico on and, you know, they are doing their thing. <clears throat> but uh, Rico, he pulls up on Mitch telling him, like, look, we need to go to D.C. D.C. where it's at. And I liked on how they put this in here because, you know, before when everybody seen a movie, if you wasn't from New York or the East Coast, you didn't know. So like nobody really knew. But then when you got the when I got to reading the book and all that stuff, I'm like, damn, you know, I see why they kept emphasizing on DC. So um <clears throat> we go into the night where everybody out on the stage, you know what I'm saying? Back in the day, they used to all be at this place called the rooftop in New York and you know, uh we had one in every city a place like this. Like for my hometown, it used to be called the strip and everybody out hanging. They got the damn Phil Collins on. I can feel it in the air. <laughs> um and we see Calvin. Now he's released from jail. And he comes home. So he walks up the uh to Ace, like, what up, Junior? I heard you the man now. And you know, Ace puts him on quick, but lets him know, like, look, you hot right now, so I got somebody about to work your corners, but he still looks out for him and puts him on. We go into the next scene and we see Rico being Rico. <laughs> he shoots a nigga in the ass upper leg for hearing about setting wanting to set ace up and talking about he ain't eating so you know for a character like this people fell in love with the, the character of rico who just didn't give a fuck or shoot anybody you know about that action about that murder game that they say in the movie so um we also see 
Um, the same two janky fed cops coming up, but Ace already know what type of stuff they on. Um, we also see Ace telling Rico that he's being too flashy. Show him fucking on tape, putting the tape all out there. And you ain't even see what I put my leg up though. You know what I'm saying? Just flashing money, flashing guns, and Ace is real low key. But while they're out hanging this night, Calvin comes up to Ace mad about not being able to run his own corners. And, you know, at first it could have been an easy conversation, but when it's a little tension and then your hothead friends see, you know, Rico come up like, who the fuck is Kermit the Frog looking nigga? You know what I'm saying? So when, a when Rico comes over there, it just, it just goes left. And then he like, you know what? You're doing your thing with your man. He a funny little dude. I'm just going to step. So, you know, he tells him that I'm step, but we'll see each other. So that was a threat right there. We also see um, when he go when he go when Ace goes home, Keisha she looking like she about ready to pop, big and pregnant, and you know talking about how Ace not really spending time with her, she, you know. So it shows they still going strong, and you know the baby bought on his way. We also see when Mitch goes home, he sees Sunny sleep on the couch, and he loves his little brother. But we also see Ace, not I'm sorry, Ace, not Ace, Ice. He's in the back getting high. So Mitch, Mitch, uh, first he kind of like goes off on him, but as soon as he get the saying, you got a pocket full of money, <laughs> child, then he say money making sunny and Mitch loses it. You know, he gets to hemming him up, taking them keys, putting them out. And, you know, he calls up Ace like, I need to get out. I just need I need to get Sean some love just from all the stress he got going on at home and his uncle being all in his mama crib, you know, him wanting to protect his brother. So we get um to the next scene and we see the guys go out, they have a good time. And time catches up with the beginning of the movie. Um, so it goes straight into when they're going back and they uh leaving the club. They go into that apartment eating, just talking shit. He gets the call that Keisha's in labor, but he has to make a stop to the to the uh, stash spot. And when he goes to his aunt's home, it's, um, it was a home invasion. And they were tied up, and uh, Calvin and his crew was in there. And they um, end up killing the girls and shooting him up all those times. Um a very sad scene a very sad scene and but he makes it out and when he uh when he gets out his daughter was born we also see <clears throat> with him being out of the game like not literally out of the game but you know when he was shot up and in the hospital and everything was going on the streets dried up fast and rico you know the dude came like, damn, Calvin got y'all niggas shook. Oh, man, he stripped him down, beat his ass, shot him while he <laughs> running up the street. And then we get the infamous saying that everybody say to this day. You know, it showed Ace, he laid up, shot up, bandaged up, and Mitch and Enrico is there telling him, like, you got to get up back on the street. You know, shit drying up fast. We down our last few birds, and he like, man, niggas get shot every day, B. 
you'll be all right. You tough, right? <laughs> so that went on to be a cult saying to this day, damn it. <laughs> so after Ace is trying to get through their head, like, look, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. And it shows Rico telling him, and then it shows the flashback of him, you know, getting payback on Calvin, and he's shooting him down, calling him Kermit the Frog. And we got Angie Martinez, another New Yorker. <laughs> She's in there. She's the girlfriend sitting in the um in the passenger side. So it shows him and you know taking a chain and giving Ace back his chain. Like, look, I, I laid everything down so people know we not messing around. But Ace not trying to hear it. So he like, you know what? Get some soup, cover up. <laughs> you know, what I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you think about this. So he leaves and. Um, Mitch and, and Ace spent some time together. They got like that brotherly bond in the movie. That that's his friend in the movie. That's family. So it showed them just sitting there and they talking about everything. And Mitch goes on to talk about how he loved the hustle. Like it's his gift in life. So Ace starts laughing, like, you know, you want hustling motherfucker, you know. But he tells him, like, let me give me a few weeks and I'm gonna get you. I'm going to get you in contact with the connect. Just give me some time. So, you know, Mitch, like, all right, take you, take as much time as you need. But he ends up getting a call about his brother. So he runs home. His mother is panicking, showing him a letter that his brother has been kidnapped. And, you know, the first thing he think about is where is that nigga ice at? So he instantly calls, um, <clears throat> calls, Ace tells him about it like you know I need I need that connect I need to get this money because they holding Sonny for ransom so you know Ace shows up to do what he has to do when we get the car scene where he is in the car crying talking about you know anybody in the street whoever looked at me some way is on because now he knows for a fact his brother has been kidnapped because they sent him an envelope with his brother's finger <clears throat> we also see it shows uh ace walking in the house after that because it shows you know when he gets out the car with the bags he goes into a house later on at night but it kind of goes straight to the next scene and we see ace walking in the house and keisha and her mom they're in the house crying and he instantly thinks like they found they found sunny they like no they found mitch he was shot in the head so he gets to just going crazy and it shows Ace driving around remembering Mitch all he was saying was he had to meet up with Rico and then it shows us another scene and we see um <clears throat> Mitch meeting up with Rico and tell him like I need you to help me move these keys tell me get Sonny back and he instantly like who hit you off eh and he ends up shooting his boy taking the keys you know they kind of have a little scuffle with the scratch and his face and he shoots him down but ace kind of uh figures it out he ends up meeting with rico a couple days later on the basketball court and they talking about uh <clears throat> you know what went down with mitch and he kind of asked him how you get them scratches on your face bro he like oh fucking around with some bitch did you record it so <clears throat> he ends up telling him he got some keys because he want to get out the game Rico basically meet up with the two janky feds who've been lurking around this whole time and he get caught and we get the famous scene of like, you know, I did that. I did that, but 
you know, I'll give you a few niggas from D.C., but I ain't going to give you nobody from Harlem because when I come home, I'm still going to be the king. So we see that that's what went down with Rico. <laughs> and we see uh, Ace, you know, he's sitting there. You're seeing all of the the rappers flashing money like they living in lifestyle. And, you know, he just looking and it's like basically it's all a facade. And he looks and he has like a illusion of seeing um, Mitch. And he's smiling, you know, but this time he's grown in the, in the you know, in his 30s or whatever. But that's still that same young Mitch standing there in that corner with, you know, his how he's having that illusion of him. And that was my recap of Paid in Full. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it's a cult classic. I know everybody's seen it. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and this was based off of um, Ace Boogie, being off of the real AZ, Mitch being off the real Rich Porter, and Alpo um, Rico being based off of Alpo Martinez, who just lost his life. This story was very sad when you uh, found out the origin story of what happened. Um, <clears throat> the saddest part of all is the Porter family with um, <clears throat> the brother going missing and the uncle, his name was Apple, <clears throat> him and a guy preacher. They actually... Um, killed him tortured him cut off his finger they did send it to the um, to the family it was like in a mcdonald's bathroom and alpo really did kill rich porter uh he says it didn't happen like that in the movie of course that was dramatized you know you have to dramatize everything you have to oversimplify a movie you can't you know what I'm saying? It's a it's an oversimplify. You can only put one so much in an hour and a half movie of someone's story and lifespan and it's not showing what happened, but you know, he said he was basically shorted out of some money from a connect. Everybody know the story of Alpo, you know. Um but just the last why I said it was so sad is because you know to see two a, a baby who didn't have anything to do with the game and you know rich was still a young man and to have both of them murdered in a short time span and their siblings to find out the uncle had something to do with it and a close friend like a brother had something to do with the other one and you know that family they went through like a life time of hurt and pain and that story of young Donnell who was the the real Sonny that story is so fucking sad it like breaks my heart and then even AZ's story is sad of how many times he was shot and how he lost his aunt because he you know her house was in the Bronx at a stash house and it was actually more people in that house and made it look like it was just her and her homegirl um and him uh, I think it was five or six people and there it was a young girl him one of his boys another guy and one of her other friends it was like five or six people in that house in the Bronx that night and he was shot like nine times um and lost multiple people and it was his sister's boyfriend um story of Alpo how he went on to you know admit to killing multiple people I liked it on how they brought in the DC because it was so much to happen with DC. And if you look at the uh, 
if you look at the, the um, interview I was saying with the Feds, Feds magazine, the whole interview is an hour and 18 minutes long. It's on YouTube. Everybody has seen it. Um, but like I said, that's another movie in itself. Like, I really wanted to see Jamil from Gully TV do that interview. Because, uh, like, I thought I thought if he would have did it, it would have been authentic. I wanted I wanted Apple to get that interview out there. It was a lot of he was you know like I said I'm not glorifying anything. I'm not dogging anybody out for telling. Like I said, I'm not getting off into politics. Trust me, I know the whole story. A lot of times I'm beating around the bush just because I want to show respect, and I'm just not that disrespectful person. Rather, if I knew you or didn't know you, these are still real people. And this stuff really did happen. So I try to be respectable, respectable, because that's how I would want to get treated. But a lot of people wanted like that story because of how charismatic he was. And, you know, like his his life was like a fucking movie. He was really like a hood celebrity. He was still, you know, out here. And he, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. And, you know, he goes into all of these graphic tellings. But also the guy from um, D.C. where he was out there moving from, he was one of the, the, the older dealers back in the 80s. He did an interview with Jamil, too. Big ears the Christ. That was a really dope interview. I mean, a really dope interview. You got a lot of D.C. history there. And you kind of got the D.C. side of everything that happened. But this is like a... Um, the story of the 80s it happened it was an alpo in every city it was a rich in every city it was an az in every city and i like to look at it from a different way just because of how i cover everything over here you know i, I do a lot of tv shows but i do a lot of tv shows that's based off um true stories and that's why i try to tie it into the documentaries and talk about what happened so i always look at it from a different angle by i know on how when you talk about the CIA and how the drugs got over here and exactly just what it did to the community. And you think about it, all of these life-changing things that these people did, look at how young they were. Look at how young they were. And um, I don't, I'm not going to get all off into the telling thing. Um, I, I used to read a lot of Don Diva too, but uh, one thing I can say is we are always harder on our own. With that being said, I like true crime. I'm really off into the mob stuff too. And I just watched um, <clears throat> a partial interview of the gangster decide uh no what is that i can't think of what they things is called they got a podcast it's called the gangster something let me see if i can pull it up it's with uh with mc8 mob james and they was interviewing sammy the bull i didn't watch the whole thing to judge it or say anything about it but um it looked like a respectable interview <clears throat> Sammy the Bull, his interview he did on Valuetainment, it's over 12 million views. Like, a very interesting story. Like, hell, I wanted to hear an Alpo interview. So I'm not saying don't interviews. Like I said, I'm not getting off into street politics. But um, you didn't hear all of that stuff when it came to Sammy. He's an Italian, you know. So I'm kind of saying something without saying something. We are harder on our own. Uh, but 
you know, Sammy, Alpo, shit, neither one of them played no games. Neither one of them. They did a lot of things. But it was just an it was an error. It was an error. It, it definitely was an error. Um, AZ really did have a baby with uh, Rich Porter's sister, which was Pat. Um, the documentary by Troy Reed is one of the best documentaries on this hood shit. Like, they really got it started. You know, they really got it started, like, with them hood DVDs, and they did the game over. Um, and that's another thing, too. Um, with everything that went on with Alpo, you seen a lot of people talking shit that – you didn't really see them talking when he was alive, but you know, whatever. And also when you go back and watch the game over documentary, you know, back then a lot of people weren't watching YouTube and all of this stuff. I've been watching this stuff for years. I've been watching this stuff for years. Like um, a lot of my favorite people who I love to listen to, I love barbershop talk. I love guy talk. I love, you know, this type of talk. So I've been watching this stuff for years, but I had to kind of go back and um, I went back and looked with everything going on. And I was like, damn, I didn't realize, you know, they was in there, but, you know, they'd be talking like this. And, oh, he was in there, you know, so it was a little interesting. But the story was true. It was loosely based, of course. But Rich Porter and um, <clears throat> Alpo were very close. They were like brothers. Uh, that type of stuff does happen in every city. Um, you know, the money, a lot of, um, wickedness game is wicked as they say. Um, but it's, it's sad when you think about it in hindsight, because when this crack era hit, it brought more violence. Um, most of the dealers in the eighties are either dead or in prison. So it was like a domino effect. Uh, we talked about that when I covered the uh, crack documentary. It's on Netflix. If you go back and look, I talked about the drug game. We did that documentary talking about crack. <clears throat> but yeah, this movie was definitely a hood classic. The story is legend. And then it, it, it made it more authentic because it came from Harlem natives like Dame Dash, um, Cameron telling the story and, uh, you know, being resemblance to Alpo in those earlier pictures of him and you know him having all the Dapper Dan stuff and the clothes and the fashion and you know they had all the girls and you know the charisma but a lot of violence came with that story a lot of death um a lot so I know way more because I've read the books and watched everything. But like I said, I try to be respectable on my platform and watch what I say because a lot of people lost family members or whatever. So I always want to be respectable to that. But that was my uh, recap of the movie Paid in Full. I suggest if you guys want to know more, if you don't, which probably everybody does, check out Gully TV. He has a lot of commentary on this story. Check out... um. He's interviewed people around this story. Check out his book. He got interactions with Alpo. Some things I've been through. A memoir by Jamil from Gully TV. Um, check out the Feds interview. It's from Alpo. Um, it's an hour and 18 minutes long. Now, every minute of that is just like a movie because how graphic and, you know, the way how he tells the story is just visual. Like you can just see it and picture it. Um and the 
<clears throat> the movie Paid in Full was based off the, the book that AZ wrote himself. It was called Trap. And he was very upset about, you know, the movie. He said it was a good movie, but he wanted to steer everybody away from, no, don't say I'm no dis this i'm not rich i'm not you know what i'm saying i want you to know how wicked this is i want to know you know i want you to know what the game is but you know hollywood is going to dramatize everything up so the book was called trap check that out um check out the documentary by troy reed game over that documentary is fire they got like another part two where it goes into like the dc stuff where alpha went to dc with the girl karen and getting introduced to the game it's called the the alpo documentary it's all on youtube so like i said i i know way more i just try to be respectable and you know these are real people lives so check all that out it's on um it's on youtube but i wanted to do this because like i said this movie was a culture <clears throat> it was for the culture you know this was um this was one of those iconic culture movies right here and it was a cult of ours and we all used to watch it and then I really got off into the story like seriously so <clears throat> that's why I kind of wanted to come over here and talk about it and do it in another way I don't want to you know disrespect anybody talk about what somebody should or could or would have did you know hey I wasn't there um but yeah this is my recap i'll be back on a couple hours um and drop my big sky if you guys are into the tv show big sky um i'll uh, do that shortly that will probably just be a 30 minute one maybe 20 I'll recap that real fast and then no pod tomorrow i'm going to the no limit concert <laughs> so master p number will be here so i'm going to that no limit concert tomorrow you feel me and um I'll be back on I'll be back on Sunday for BMF. I'll get that out probably by 3 p.m. So on that note, it's your girl Shanice and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.